0: chapter thirty two of ormond by maria edgeworth this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by bruce Peary. both from a sense of justice to the poor people concerned and from a desire to save sir ulick o'shane's memory as far as it was in his power from reproach ormond determined to pay whatever small debts were due to his servants workmen and immediate dependents for this purpose, when the funeral was over, he had them all assembled at Castle Hermitage. Every just demand of this sort was paid. All were satisfied. Even the barefooted kitchen-maid, the drudge of this great house, who in despair had looked at her poor one-guinea note of Sir Ulick's, had that note paid in gold, and went away blessing Master Harry. Happy for all that he is come home to us, was the general feeling but there was one man a groom of sir ulick's who did not join in any of these blessings or praises he stood silent and motionless with his eyes on the money which mr ormond had put into his hand is your money right said ormond it is sir but i had something to tell you when all the other servants had left the room the man said i am the groom sir that was sent just before you went to france with a letter to annalie there was an answer to that letter sir though you never got it there was an answer cried ormond anger flashing but an instant afterwards joy sparkling in his eyes there was a letter from whom i'll forgive you all if you will tell me the whole truth I will, and not a word of lie. And I beg your honour's pardon if go on straight to the fact this instant, or you shall never have my pardon. Why then, I stopped to take a glass coming home, and not knowing how it was, I had the misfortune to lose the bit of a note, and I thought no more about it till, please, your honour, after you was gone, it was found. Found! cried Ormond, stepping hastily up to him. Where is it? i have it safe here said the man opening a sort of pocket-book here i have kept it safe till your honor came back ormond saw and seized upon a letter in lady Annelie's hand directed to him tore it open two notes one from florence i forgive you said he to the man and made a sign to him to leave the room when ormond had read or without reading had taken in by one glance of the eye the sense of the letters he rang the bell instantly inquire at the post-office said he to his servant whether lady annalie is in england or ireland if in england where if in ireland whether at annalie or at herbertstown quick an answer an answer was quickly brought in england in devonshire sir here is the exact direction to the place sir i shall pack up i suppose sir certainly directly leaving a few lines of explanation and affection for dr cambray our young hero was off again to the surprise and regret of all who saw him driving away as fast as horses could carry him his servant from the box however spread as he went for the comfort of the deploring village the assurance that master and he would soon be back again plays heaven and happier than ever and now that he is safe in the carriage what was in that note of miss annelie's which has produced such a sensation no talismanic charm ever operated with more magical celerity than this note what were the words of the charm that is a secret which shall never be known to the world the only point which it much imports the public to know is probably already guessed that the letter did not contain a refusal nor any absolute discouragement of ormond's hopes but lady annalee and florence had both distinctly told him that they could not receive him at annalee till after a certain day on which they said they should be particularly engaged they told him that colonel albemarle was at annalee that he would leave it at such a time and they requested that mr ormond would postpone his visit till after that time not receiving this notice ormond had unfortunately gone upon the day that was specially prohibited now that the kneeling figure appeared to him as a rival in despair not in triumph ormond asked himself how he could ever have been such an idiot as to doubt florence why did i set off in such haste for paris could not i have waited a day could not i have written again could i not have cross-questioned the drunken servant when he was sober could not i have done anything in short but what i did clearly as a man when his anger is dissipated sees what he ought to have done or to have left undone while the fury lasted vividly as a man in a different kind of passion sees the folly of all he did said or thought when he was possessed by the past madness so clearly so vividly did ormond now see and feel and vehemently execrate his jealous folly and mad precipitation and then he came to the question could his folly be repaired would his madness ever be forgiven ormond in love affairs never had any presumption any tinge of the conal coxcomry in his nature he was not apt to flatter himself that he had made a deep impression and now he was perhaps from his sense of the superior value of the object more than usually diffident though miss annerley was still unmarried she might have resolved irrevocably against him though she was not a girl to act in the high-flown heroine style and in a fit of pride or revenge to punish the man she liked by marrying his rival whom she did not like yet florence annalee as ormond well knew inherited some of her mother's strength of character and in circumstances that deeply touched her heart might be capable of all her mother's warmth of indignation it was in her character decidedly to refuse to connect herself with any man however her heart might incline towards him if he had any essential defect of temper or if she thought that his attachment to her was not steady and strong such as she deserved it should be and such as her sensibility and all her hopes of domestic happiness required in a husband and then there was lady Annely to be considered How indignant she would be at his conduct. While Ormond was travelling alone, he had full leisure to torment himself with these thoughts. Pressed forward alternately by hope and fear, each urging expedition, he hastened on, reached Dublin, crossed the water, and travelling day and night, lost not a moment till he was at the feet of his fair mistress to those who like to know the how the when and the where it should be told that it was evening when he arrived florence Annelie was walking with her mother by the seaside in one of the most beautiful and retired parts of the coasts of devonshire when they were told by a servant that a gentleman from ireland had just arrived at their house and wished to see them a minute afterwards they saw could it be lady annerley said turning in doubt to her daughter but the cheek of florence instantly convinced the mother that it could be none but mr ormond himself mr ormond said lady annerley advancing kindly yet with dignified reserve mr ormond after his long absence is welcome to his old friend there was in ormond's look and manner as he approached something that much inclined the daughter to hope that he might prove not utterly unworthy of her mother's forgiveness and when he spoke to the daughter there was in his voice and look something that softened the mother's heart and irresistibly inclined her to wish that he might be able to give a satisfactory explanation of his strange conduct where the parties are thus happily disposed both to hear reason to excuse passion and to pardon the errors to which passion even in the most reasonable minds is liable explanations are seldom tedious or difficult to be comprehended the moment ormond produced the cover the soiled cover of the letters a glimpse of the truth struck florence annalee and before he had got farther in his sentence than these words i did not receive your ladyship's letter till within these few days all the reserve of lady Anneley's manner was dispelled her smiles relieved his apprehensions and encouraged him to proceed in his story with happy fluency the carelessness of the drunken servant who had occasioned so much mischief was talked of for a few minutes with great satisfaction ormond took his own share of the blame so frankly and with so good a grace and described with such truth the agony he had been thrown into by the sight of the kneeling figure in regimentals that lady Annelie could not help comforting him by the assurance that florence had at the same moment been sufficiently alarmed by the rearing of his horse at the sight of the flapping window-blind the kneeling gentleman said lady Anneley, whom you thought at the height of joy and glory was at that moment in the depths of despair so ill do the passions see what is even before their eyes if lady anerley had had a mind to moralize she might have done so to any length without fear of interruption from either of her auditors and with the most perfect certainty of unqualified submission and dignified humility on the part of our hero who was too happy at this moment not to be ready to acknowledge himself to have been wrong and absurd and worthy of any quantity of reprehension or indignation that could have been bestowed upon him her ladyship went however as far from morality as possible to paris she spoke of the success Mister Ormond had had in Parisian society. She spoke of Monsieur and Madame de Connell and various persons with whom he had been intimate, among others of the Abbe Morellet. Ormond rejoiced to find that Lady Annelie knew he had been in the Abbe Morellet's distinguished society the happiest hopes for the future rose in his mind from perceiving that her ladyship by whatever means knew all that he had been doing in paris it seems that they had had accounts of him from several english travelers who had met him at paris and had heard him spoken of in different companies ormond took care give him credit for it all who have ever been in love even in these first moments with the object of his present affection ormond took care to do justice to the absent dora whom he now never expected to see again he seized dexterously an opportunity in reply to something lady annalee said about the Connells. To observe that Madame de Connell was not only much admired for her beauty at Paris but that she did honour to Ireland by having preserved her reputation, young and without a guide as she was in dissipated French society with few examples of conjugal virtues to preserve in her mind the precepts and habits of her British education he was glad of this opportunity to give as he now did with all the energy of truth the result of his feelings and reflections on what he had seen of the modes of living among the french their superior pleasures of society and their want of our domestic happiness while ormond was speaking both the mother and daughter could not help admiring in the midst of his moralizing the great improvement which had been made in his appearance and manners with all his own characteristic frankness he acknowledged the impression which french gaiety and the brilliancy of parisian society had at first made upon him he was glad however that he had now seen all that the imagination often paints as far more delightful than it really is he had thank heaven passed through this course of dissipation without losing his taste for better and happier modes of life the last few months though they might seem but a splendid or feverish dream in his existence had in reality been he believed of essential service in confirming his principles settling his character and deciding forever his taste and judgment after full opportunity of comparison in favor of his own country and especially of his own countrywomen lady annelie smiled benignantly and after observing that this seemingly unlucky excursion which had begun in anger had ended advantageously to mr ormond and after having congratulated him upon having saved his fortune and established his character solidly she left him to plead his own cause with her daughter in her heart cordially wishing him success what he said or, what Florence answered, we do not know, but we are perfectly sure that if we did, the repetition of it would tire the reader. Lady Anneley and T waited for them with great patience to an unusually late, which they considered to be an unusually early hour. The result of this conversation was that Ormond remained with them in this beautiful retirement in Devonshire the next day, and the next and how many days are not precisely recorded a blank was left for the number which the editor of these memoirs does not dare to fill up at random lest some mrs McCruel should exclaim scandalously too long to keep the young man there or scandalously too short a courtship after all it is humbly requested that every young lady of delicacy and feeling will put herself in the place of florence annalee then imagining the man she most approves of to be in the place of mr ormond she will be pleased to fill up the blank with what number of days she may think proper when the happy day was named it was agreed that they should return to ireland to annalee and that their kind friend dr cambray should be the person to complete that union which he had so long foreseen and so anxiously desired those who wish to hear something of estates as well as of weddings should be told that about the same time ormond received letters from marcus o'shane and from m deconnell marcus informing him that the estate of castle hermitage was to be sold by the commissioners of bankrupts and beseeching him to bid for it that it might not be sold under value monsieur Connell also besought his dear friend mr ormond to take the black islands off his hands for they encumbered him terribly No wonder, living as he did at Paris, with his head at Versailles, and his heart in a faro bank. Ormond could not oblige both the gentlemen, though they had each pressing reasons for getting rid speedily of their property, and were assured that he would be the most agreeable purchaser. Castle Hermitage was the finest estate, and by far the best bargain; but other considerations weighed with our hero while sir ulick o'shane's son and natural representative was living banished by debts from his native country ormond could not bear to take possession of castle hermitage for the black islands he had a fondness they were associated with all the tender recollections of his generous benefactor He should hurt no one's feelings by this purchase, and he might do a great deal of good by carrying on his old friend's improvements and by farther civilizing the people of the islands, all of whom were warmly attached to him. They considered Prince Harry as the lawful representative of their dear King Corny, and actually offered up prayers for his coming again to reign over them. To those who think that the mind is a kingdom of yet more consequence than even that of the Black Islands, it may be agreeable to hear that Ormond continued to enjoy the empire which he had gained over himself, and to maintain that high character which, in spite of his neglected education and of all the adverse circumstances to which he was early exposed, he had formed for himself by resolute energy. Lady Annelie, with the pride of affection, gloried in the full accomplishment of her prophecies, and was rewarded in the best manner for that benevolent interest which she had early taken in our hero's improvement by, seeing, the perfect felicity that subsisted between her daughter and Ormond. End of chapter 32 End of Ormond by Maria Edgeworth